I was lucky enough to be sitting right at the front of the audience. We were so close I could reach out and touch him. I didn't, of course, because that would have been very, very weird. But I remember what he said. He said that sometimes things happen to us and we say, one day we'll look back at this and we'll laugh. And Richard Bandler said, why wait? Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal on what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Get Real About Business podcast. This is episode 33, and we are talking dealing with burnout. Very serious subject today, but one I'm really passionate about. Running a small business is a bit of a roller coaster. There's times in which you're absolutely right at the top of the crest and it's exhilarating and you can be right up high. Everything is going brilliantly and there's times in which you almost seem to crash and burn. And Many of us describe that as a feeling of burnout. Today, I'm going to be talking about how you can recognize burnout, how you can challenge it, and more importantly, how you can conquer it. So while this could be a depressing subject, even more depressing is not being able to deal with it. A number of recent conversations have sparked this for me. I've got a couple of clients who are going through some tough times at the moment. And whilst I'm out and about and speaking to different people running their business, I invariably hear one story or the other about people struggling in one way or the other. I get it, it's hard. If creating a profitable and thriving business was easy, everybody would be doing it. And it seems to me that few people ever start a business after having an education on starting a business and running a business. And sure, we've had experiences working in somebody else's business, but when we do it ourselves, we soon realise it's a lot tougher than we might think. Of course, running your own business can give you the best freedom that you could ever experience because your potential of earnings are way higher and you get to call the shots. But no doubt you've already hit some hard times. No doubt things have already challenged you in different ways. And I want to give you some really practical advice that's going to help you manage those difficult times, it's going to help you see it through and come out on top. So no, this is no way a depressing subject. It's only depressing if we stay in it. If you do some of the things that I'm going to mention today, that's not going to be the case for you, or at least I sincerely hope not, and I genuinely believe these are things that are going to help you. A lot of the things I'm going to share with you are things that I've done in my life, and also I've seen clients and and other people that I know who've tried these things before. Specifically on the episode here, we're going to be talking about what burnout is, why it happens, how you can recognize it in yourself. We're going to be taking a look at some of the effects of burnout and the signs and symptoms that will show that you're experiencing it right now. Some of those things are going to be early warning signs, whereas others are going to be sort of deeper in. And I'm going to be asking you the one question that you should be asking yourself. And dependent on that answer, if the answer is no, the advice I'm going to give is something that perhaps you wouldn't expect from a business coach to a small business owner or entrepreneur. So dependent on the answer that you give to that question, you might hear something from me that's that's going to be a bit surprising to you. Of course, what we are going to do here on the episode is look at uh, what you can do to fix things. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on three things. The first is state management and resilience. 
In other words, that's how you cope being you. That's how you cope what happens to you and how you keep your mind positive and focused on the right things. We'll also be looking at support networks, which are very important. It can be very lonely running a business. And on top of that, if you're in the middle of burnout, one of the things that can happen is that we go into isolation and then we deliberately shut other people out. And actually, that can be quite counterproductive at times. So we're going to be talking about support networks. And also, very importantly, we're going to talk about outsourcing. Because I honestly believe the secret to doing more and achieving more and making more money, being more successful, is to start building your team. And outsourcing is the best way to do that. It really is a small business owner. We want to keep our businesses lean. We want to keep them profitable. And we want to avoid any unnecessary management if we can do that. So those are the three things that we're going to be looking at in terms of fixing things today. State management and resilience, very, very important. We're going to be looking at support networks and outsourcing. Before we do that, a quick message from our sponsor today. Your website is the face of your business and the words you use matter. Make a great impression with professional and compelling copywriting by WordPerfect VA. Visit wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real for your free five-page review. Okay, you probably know that burnout is all about the mind, isn't it? And I'm sure you've had somebody say to you at one stage or the other, oh, just suck it up, you know, just be positive. Don't focus on the worst. And yeah, they're probably right. But seriously, when you're in the middle of it, how useful is that advice? Just suck it up and be positive. Cheer up. Get over it. It's pretty annoying, isn't it? Even though it's true, it's pretty annoying. And even though we might accept that could be true, we are still stuck where we are. And it can be very difficult pushing through. It can be very difficult when you've had knockback after knockback to keep getting back up. So dealing with burnout, and even if you wouldn't go as far as uh, saying that you were outrightly burnt out, there are times in which we just become weary. And it, it can be difficult to keep going. It can be very easy to go into avoidance or denial. And we can go into very self-destructive behaviours. Ultimately, it affects the business because particularly in those early years of running a business, your business is a reflection of you. So if you're not performing well, your business doesn't perform well. Even in bigger organisations, if you've got somebody at the top of the organisation who is not doing a great job for one reason or the other, it can have a very negative influence on the rest of the organisation. You get away with it a bit more in big organisations because there's more cogs in the wheel. And people further down in the hierarchy, uh, they don't have as much contact with you. But nevertheless, the person at the top always sets the mood for the organisation. And so there are some things that we generally associate with burnout. And something that's very popular at the moment is mindfulness. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about mindfulness today, mostly because I'm not the right person to talk about this. It's something I'm aware of. I've done some reading into it, uh, but I really am not an expert there. And also because I want to bring on a mindfulness expert to talk to you about this subject at some stage soon. So that's going to be one of the future episodes. And I think that's going to be really, really interesting. So mindfulness is something that is an important part of uh, dealing with burnout and making sure that we don't get in the first place. Resilience, of course, is something else. We could definitely be talking about that. Time management, very important. We've got to be good at being productive and disciplined and focused. Uh, if we can do those, if we can manage ourselves, manage our time, 
then that's going to help everything else because we're going to shut out some of the things that are causing us a lot of grief and are not going to take ourselves forward. And again, something that we're going to be looking at is building support networks. One of my favorite Robin Sharma quotes, top, top guy, um, he talked about transformation. Um, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit here, so it might not be word for word. But basically what Robin Sharma says is that all transformations start with awareness. When we're aware of what's going on around us, and also when we're aware of what's going on within us, then what we're able to do is to be able to start to understand the situation. Start to understand the causal factors that are making this happen for us. So all transformation starts with awareness, and awareness leads to understanding. Now, when we understand a situation, what that will do is reveal a number of different choices to us. The more we understand, the more choices that are available to us. And, of course, different choices lead to better decisions. So often in life, we feel that we don't have choices. I still from time to time go to local authorities and teach employees about personal effectiveness and leadership. And so often I hear one person or the other complain about their situation. And I often remind them that you have a choice in everything. And they say, no, I haven't. I'm trapped. I can't do anything. And I say to them, well, you could leave, couldn't you? You could leave. And they say, I can't leave. What would I do about money? Everything is a choice. It's about perception. So awareness leads to understanding. A greater understanding will give us more choices. More choices, better decisions. And of course, better decisions, you're going to get better results in your business and in your life. So the first step in order to deal with burnout is to recognize that we're having it in the first place. Be aware of it within ourselves. Now, the definition of burnout According to Sherry Bird Carter in an article written in Psychology Today, burnout is a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism and detachment, and feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. So when we're in the throes of full-fledged burnout, you're no longer able to function effectively on a personal and a professional level. So why does it happen? Well, I believe one of the challenges that small business entrepreneurs experience is the fact that you are working in unfamiliar territory. A lot of people who start a business, they typically do it because they want to sack the boss. Perhaps they're a technical expert in whatever they do. They want to sack the boss and take their skills and use them elsewhere and use them by running their own business where they can call the shots. Speaking of calling the shots, remember that because we'll come back to that in a moment. But the point is they are technical experts at what they do. So... Just like I did when I started my business, I'd had over 20 years experience in leadership, management and personal effectiveness and coaching and training. I don't want to be able to take that and go and set up and run a business and make money straight out of the gate. I thought it'd be dead easy. Well, with all my vast experience, and of course, we all think we're so important, with all my vast experience, it'd be easy. And of course, it wasn't because nobody, nobody trained me and showed me how to set up and run a business. So this is completely unfamiliar territory. Nobody shows you how to be an entrepreneur. Of course, this is what this podcast is about. But the trouble is that we are in this unfamiliar territory and we're making a lot of mistakes. And also, because we decided we wanted to sack the boss, we wanted to get out of that organization we worked before, sack the boss and start working for ourselves, we think that we've appointed ourselves as CEO of our life. 
We can call the shots because it's our business. We have our name on the door, physically or metaphorically speaking. So what you can find is that instead of sacking a boss and appointing yourself as CEO, what you've done is sack the boss and then got a whole bunch of new bosses, all of whom happen to be your clients. They're calling the shots. We're running after them all the time. That is very common, particularly like me, if you are a natural born people pleaser. We like to be liked, don't we? Part of it is a natural uh, a feeling, a natural need to get uh, to get affirmation from other people, to get approval from other people. We have an inbuilt need for that. And part of it as well is that we know that's where our money's coming from right now. And sometimes what can happen is that even if our clients aren't making demands with us, what we tend to worry is that the money's going to run out or that our clients aren't going to be happy. And so therefore we must keep working. We must keep servicing our clients. We must respond immediately when something comes through because somehow we might let them down or somehow we might not have enough clients and we might not make enough money. And so we are not driving the business. Our clients are indeed running the business either through the things that they say and do or the things that they don't say and do, but we perceive that are going on in their minds. So once again, we haven't sacked the boss and appointed ourselves. We've just swapped bosses and now we have lots of bosses. And what we tend to do is we focus on failure. We look at everything that's going wrong and we fail to focus on why. The amount of people, particularly I meet people in networking events a lot, and the amount of people who I speak to and saying, yeah, I keep going network and I'm trying different things and I'm, I'm going out there and I, I'm trying to connect and, and nobody's buying, nobody's buying and I'm not getting any referrals and they don't understand why. And instead of trying to break down, okay, what is it I can do differently? Instead of going out and interviewing top performers, those people are getting the best referrals in. Instead of going out and maybe speaking to a coach or somebody who could help them or a marketing expert, what they do instead is redouble their efforts and think, well, maybe I need to go networking more. We need to stop focusing on failure, stop repeating failure, and instead look to focus on why failures have occurred. And of course, as business owners, there is a constant pressure. I believe entrepreneurship is the definition of performance-related pay. PRP, performance-related pay. If you've ever worked in an organization that gives you performance-related pay, what they do is they reward you by giving you a higher level of payout if you have accomplished certain goals and met certain standards. Entrepreneurship takes it to the next level. If you don't perform, you won't make money. If you don't perform, your business is at risk. And it's not just your business. It's your lifestyle. It's your family as well. Because you can't take money from a business that isn't making money. And then how are you going to support your family? So there is this constant need to perform. This constant worry. And there's also not enough time in the day. The effects of living with that for any prolonged period of time is that it can be very energy draining. There's the chronic worry that we're going to make a mistake. And you worry that you don't know what you're doing. And this is where you have to watch out as well, because there are so many voices, so many people telling you different things and selling it as a silver bullet. There is not one single thing that will change everything. 
It's about a combination of things working together well. And so what can happen is that we jump from one thing to the other, hiring different people, bringing various professionals and people into our lives and signing up to one program or the other, getting the next bit of kit, the next piece of software that's going to revolutionize our business. And all we're doing is spending money and moving from one thing to the other without making sure that it works before moving on. And because you're doing all this, you find that you can't turn off and you get bogged down in your to-do list. Do you know what the simple answer to to-do lists are? Do less of them. Put less things down. Have a smaller to-do list. You need to understand that success in business comes when you're doing the right things at the right time. It is not about doing it all. Sometimes it's about doing less, and it's about saying no to different things. If you're not sure what those right things are, then get help. I mean, listen to these podcasts. That's why I do it. Get in touch. Give me a call. And if not me, find somebody else who can help you find your way through it. But don't just get trapped into constantly thinking you have to work harder. So those are some of the effects of burnout. Let's take a look at some of the signs and symptoms so that you can recognize it in yourself. And some of these are going to be early warning signs and symptoms. uh, And others are going to be things that occur when perhaps you're in the later stages. Signs of physical and emotional exhaustion include chronic fatigue. In the early stages, you can feel a lack of energy and that you're tired most days. And later on, as it becomes deeper, you'll find that you become emotionally exhausted and depleted and that you may experience a sense of dread for what lies ahead. So you get up in the morning and it's almost that you can't face it. Insomnia is another one. At first, it might start with maybe one or two nights a week that you're not sleeping very well. And then if it persists, you could find that getting to sleep can be a nightly ordeal. It's exhausting. And I'm somebody who often experiences insomnia. I don't think that's because I'm burnt out. Not at all. Um, I think it's for other reasons. But uh, I know what it's like to be lying awake at night and and just thinking about if only you could get to sleep and of course the more you think about if only I could get to sleep and I just can't sleep the more you can't sleep so I I get how miserable that is another sign of burnout is forgetfulness when our mind and body is exhausted our cognitive function our brains do not work very well so we become forgetful we won't be able to concentrate very well and we may not be able to maintain our attention levels on one thing or the other for any period of time. There are physical symptoms, of course. So they may include chest pain, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, stomach pains, dizziness, fainting, headaches, all kinds of things. You might also find that generally you become unwell and that your immune system has become weak. And so therefore you are vulnerable to infections and colds and flus and other immune-related medical problems. Of course, all of these things need treating, but if all you're doing is treating a cold or a flu um, and those things have happened as a result of burnout, you're not dealing with a causal factor. Other telltale signs include a loss of appetite. If that persists, it could be a significant loss of weight. It's not the best way to lose weight. You'll find you're constantly anxious. There's a lot of tension and worry. And that that tension uh, may be something you just feel internally, but also you can find that uh, some of your muscles become quite stiff. So you might find that you're uh, aching in your back and your neck area. 
Depression is something else. It may be that you become severely depressed. If that is the case, you really should be seeking professional help. That would be your first priority. Beyond anything I mentioned here today, go and get some help. Speak to your GP. Now, some people find that when they're on a burnout, they become very uh, short and very irritable with people. And that can lead to bouts of anger where you have little tolerance for others and uh, perceived slights can lead to emotional outbursts from you. It might be from people in the team or might be clients or colleagues, whoever. So watch out for these things. Now, if you remember our definition, part of the definition was signs of cynicism and detachment. So watch out for this. And some of the signs of that involve a loss of enjoyment. So just not enjoying life the way that you used to, whether it's a a TV program, uh, time with your friends, whatever it is, just not enjoying that anymore. A lot of pessimism. The glass is most definitely half empty here. And that may extend to a lack of trust towards members of your team, your family, your clients, or anybody else that you thought that you could have once counted on. Watch out for isolation. That's something else that can happen is that we end up closing our doors, going back into our offices or in our homes, not socializing, not mixing with others. We're probably not making enough client calls. We're probably not servicing our existing clients. And having that people contact is very, very important. So watch out for that. And we become detached. The third part of the definition I gave you from Sherry Ball Carter in the in the article from Psychology Today, which, by the way, I will put a link up on the show notes page. The third part was signs of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. So you will find that there's increased levels of irritability, lack of productivity and poor performance, and that there's feelings of apathy and helplessness. I hope to God you're not experiencing this right now. And even if you're not, we need to watch for the early signs. So I want to spend a bit of time now giving you some things that you can do about it. Again, what I will do, though, is re-emphasize that if this is a a serious and chronic problem that you're experiencing today, you probably should speak to your GP. While this could just be a temporary feeling of burnout, this could also be something that is serious and chronic depression that needs to be treated. Now, I said I would ask you one question. As an entrepreneur, if you get to that stage where you're thinking, what's the point? And I've met a lot of people who are at that stage, they are ready to give up the business or they don't know what the hell to do. They feel that they've tried everything. Maybe they've had or even got a somewhat successful business. Maybe they're making money, but they're just not happy. They do feel exhausted and burnt out. My question to you is, when you think about what you do, Is there an element of passion there? And if you've lost the passion, could you find it? I have to say to people who come to me looking for a little bit of help, particularly if their business has been going on for a long time and they feel very frustrated, I say to them, look, could you, could you fall in love with your business again? And if so, what is it that you could fall in love with? So it may be that you're a web designer and you love the creativity element. Or it may be that you're a web designer and maybe that's okay, but the thing that excites you is that contact with a customer. And when a customer is so happy with this beautiful website that you've created, that feeling gives you a real buzz. What is it that gives you a buzz? If there is no buzz and if there's no passion, then my advice to you right now is go do something else. 
if you cannot find the passion and if this is purely about making money, go find something else because I honestly believe your business will probably never ever perform. Find something that you can fall in love with. Now I know that probably feels strange me saying that to you. But I'm going to assume that there are some things that when you think about it, you did used to enjoy. And that maybe if you could get through these hard times right now, that you could find the love again. That we're going to focus on three things. The first thing is state management and resilience. So what do I mean by state management? State management is a term that I first came across when I did my NLP diploma. And NLP, by the way, is neurolinguistic programming. That's all to do with how our brain, our physiology, and the language we use, our linguistics, affect one another. A state, in NLP terms, is basically the mental state of someone, such as whether they are relaxed, focused, motivated, or a combination of different states. So state management is how we control those different states. The fundamental thing to understand is that you create the weather. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, spoke about responsibility. And Covey says that, yes, we are indeed responsible people. As an entrepreneur, there are a lot of responsibilities for you. Responsibilities for your business, responsibilities towards your health, responsibilities towards your friends and your family, responsibilities towards your clients. So many responsibilities. But what Covey goes on to say is that It's not just responsibility in that terms. We need to think of it as responsibility, as in response-ability. Meaning, ability to choose our responses. So this is a completely different definition of responsibility. Let me give an example. As I recall this today, I've had a missed appointment. I was due to have a coaching client at 2 o'clock. Now that client didn't call me, didn't turn up for his meeting. And I could make various different judgments about that. I could make this mean a lot of different things. I could make it mean that this person doesn't respect me, doesn't like me, uh, is going to quit the program. If I'm not careful, I could allow my imagination to run wild and all sorts of things could be happening. If I were in poor mental health state right now, and if I wasn't managing my state then I could allow myself to think of a lot of negative consequences or negative reasons for this missed appointment. The truth is, this is just a missed appointment. There could be a whole lot of reasons why that appointment is missed. It could be that they've been caught up in something else. It could be that they've got their diaries in the mix. It could be a miscommunication between us. It could be a whole lot of different things. And I do not know. Yet naturally, we jump to conclusions. And so for me to manage my state, I need to remind myself that there could be a lot of different reasons. And I have to be careful about making judgments right now. I can choose what I want to believe. I can choose whether this person has no damn respect for me, or I can choose to believe they just probably forgot. Or maybe they're running late. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. That is a choice. And we need to remind ourselves that. Now, I'm very fortunate I don't get a lot of missed appointments. So this probably is just a mix-up. I I don't know. The key thing is that I have a choice in what I believe. And one of the tenets of state management is the fact that you can intensify states. The mind doesn't know the difference between real or imaginary. 
If you have an exciting trip coming up, maybe you're going to Disneyland or something like that, and you think about all the different things you're going to be doing and the people you're going to be speaking to and what fun you're going to be having and, and all the different rides and where you're going to be staying, if you were to take your blood pressure then and, and your pulse, you'll probably find there's a physiological change in you, that your imagination has intensified your state, your state of happiness and excitement. Well, that works both ways. If you concentrate on all the bad reasons why someone missed an appointment with you, that will intensify any state of depression or negativity or whatever you want to label that. But equally, you can choose a positive state and you can intensify that state. Something very simple that we can do is smile. Smiling is a very quick way of changing state. And so even if you just have to grab the, the sides of your mouth and raise the corners of, of your mouth into a smile and hold it there, even if it's forced, it will start triggering the relaxation response in you. It will have a small physiological change. Laughing at ourselves is another way of creating the weather. Instead of beating ourselves up, why not laugh about it? I once saw Richard Bandler, who's co-creator of NLP, speaking on stage. It's a very memorable experience for me. I was lucky enough to be sitting right in the front of the audience. We were so close I could reach out and touch him. I didn't, of course, because that would have been very, very weird. But I remember what he said. He said that sometimes things happen to us and we say, one day we'll look back at this and we'll laugh. And Richard Bandler said, why wait? We can choose our state. And once we've chosen a state, we can intensify that state. So to help do that, some of the times what we're going to have to do is reframe our challenges. So let's say you're doing a presentation or a demonstration of your products or whatever it is. You're having to talk in front of a group and somewhere along the lines, let's say you trip up. And then somewhere on the lines, perhaps you you'd knock the chair over and uh, there's a big crash and everybody laughs. If you're not comfortable presenting, that's the kind of thing that can make you really embarrassed and, and feel really awkward. You're bumbling around trying to get everything sorted again and, oh, it's what a complete disaster and so embarrassing. Well, why not reframe it? Because what that has done is broken the ice. And so you, rather than focus on, again, the negative side, we then decide that we're going to reframe and say, this has broken the ice. We're all having a great laugh about this now. Why don't I just enjoy it for the moment and then get set back up? We can continue with the demonstration and this time we'll do it with everybody relaxed. Brilliant. The interesting thing is that there is no negative without a positive. In any situation, there is no negative without a positive. So knocking over that chair created an opportunity for people to laugh and smile. A client who cancels their subscription with you is an opportunity to find another high paying client who will appreciate your services all the more. There is no negative without a positive. And one of the things that's been talked about more and more these days with resilience is this whole concept about rebalancing. So we have to find our center again. So if we've had a negative experience, we rebalance it by providing a positive one. And it also works the other way. So if I speak to a client and they're relaying all these amazing things that have happened, perhaps at an exhibit they've just recently ran, and they've had so many new clients and this has happened, and, and so many people giving them positive feedback, all brilliant. Of course, I would join in and celebrating with them. But my next question to them would be EBI. What would be even better if? So in that case, we're deliberately finding a negative. We're deliberately finding a way to improve because that's where the learning lies. 
And what we're doing is rebalancing. It's not because I'm going to take them out of a positive state. They're not going to leave that. And this is not being negative. This is about groundedness and learning. Okay, so, so far we talked about state management. You create the weather, intensify your states, and reframing and rebalancing your challenges. And on rebalancing your challenges, try to get a good ratio of, if you've had something bad happen, if there's been a negative experience, try to get the ratio to about one to three. So one negative experience to three positive things. So if something bad's happened, find three other reasons that you can be grateful. Three other little wins, however tiny. And if you look hard enough, they are there. So what's something else you can do? Something else you can do is very simple, and that is get some more oxygen. Learn to breathe. What I didn't really appreciate enough when I did my NLP diploma is that state management is also about changing states. It's not just about amplifying and intensifying states. You also have to change them as well. So this is what I like about the Pomodoro technique, the time management technique I mentioned on episode 18 of the Get Rid About Business podcast. Uh, I'll put the, the link in the show notes. This time management technique is about concentrated periods of work time followed by short breaks or change of activity. Just say five minutes max and then we go back and we re-engage in that deep work that we were doing before. So that change of state will help us stay positive, stay productive. And you'll see that uh, over time, you might be working at something six, seven hours on a trot. And your productivity levels, even though you've been putting the time in, your productivity levels are that much lower. So change of state is important. Get exercise. Also on episode 18, I talked about golden hour which is my early morning ritual, and that does involve taking some exercise. One of the things that I do at the same time as taking exercise, which is one way of changing state, is also to listen to podcasts and audiobooks, things that inspire me. So I might go and listen to, say, Entrepreneur on Fire, one of my favourite business podcasts, and I will come away feeling inspired and motivated. And I've taken some exercise, I've got oxygen going in my body, that has a profound effect on the rest of my day. And by starting strong, I tend to finish strong. Now, it may be for you that you decide that actually I really don't want to be going up and you know going out for a run or whatever first thing in the morning. Really don't want to be doing that. So if that's the case, find some time elsewhere in your day. Maybe it's lunchtime. Maybe it's the end of the day. Like go for a cycle ride, go for swimming or whatever. Find some time in your day to get some exercise. Because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. You have to find your thing. So again, change states, really important. If you're working for a period of time in front of your computer, get up and take a wiggle break. Again, you can do that in your Pomodoro breaks. Just get up, move around, wiggle a bit, stretch your body, get back down, you'll be more productive. So oxygen is a fuel for us. When we're sitting down and working away at our computers, we're probably not taking a lot of good oxygen in. Our breathing tends to be quite shallow, and when we don't have enough oxygen to our brains, our brains can't function at high levels. So get on Google and learn some breathing exercises. There's classes you can take. A simple thing that you can do to take more oxygen into your body, to reoxygenate your body, is to expand your tummy like it's a balloon. So really what we want to be doing is opening the diaphragm up, and rather than breathe from the chest, we want to breathe from sort of the lower parts of our respiratory system. 
I am not an expert on this, but it is something I've learned and it's something that uh, I think that you can do too. Imagine that your belly is a balloon and what you want to do is take a deep breath in, expand your tummy like a balloon and then let it out. So most of the time we're breathing from our chest, we're not fully expanding our diaphragm. Instead, blow up your belly with a deep breath and then let it out. And then if you do that for two or three times, it will let all the stagnant air out of your lungs and it will help your brain and your body to function. A fully oxygenated body and mind helps all systems in your body to work. It helps your nervous system, your digestive system, your cardiovascular system, your muscular system and respiratory system. All of those things function properly when we are sufficiently oxygenated. And not only that, not only will it have physical benefits to your body, it will also help you communicate better and your relationships will be better. And your cognitive function, your ability to think clearly will be better. So these are just some of the various different ways that you can use to manage and intensify your state and increase resilience. This episode is made possible by you, the listener, and also our sponsor, WordPerfect VA. Grammar Geeks, Punctuation Pedants and Spelling Specialists, WordPerfect VA is my go-to solution for whenever I want website copy written or reviewed. In fact, you can thank them for the show notes that accompany this episode. I used to do it all myself, but now I just send them the audio and they do all the hard work for me. It's great to have someone who has a way with words when you run your own business. And like many businesses, you may rely on a website to explain what you do and the services that you offer. Your website is the front face of your business online, a virtual shop window. It's incredibly important that the first impression a potential client gets when looking at your shop window is a good one. But did you know that 85% of your website visitors' judgment is influenced by that first impression? If they spot bad grammar or poorly written content, the quality of your business will be judged just like a grimy shop window, and your visitors will quickly move on to your competitor's site. If you'd like some copy reviewed for your website or publication, and you're a business owner or author, check out WordPerfect VA. Visit wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real for your free five-page review. That's wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real. Okay, so that was the first topic that I wanted to cover with you around managing your state and resilience. The next two are just as important. I'm going to talk a little bit less on these two, but they are equally as important as managing your own state and your resilience. So the second thing is about support networks. Are you surrounding yourself with the right people? I made a phone call to catch up with an old friend on, I think it was Tuesday night. I hadn't seen her in about five years. and um, It was a post that she put on social media that prompted me to give her a ring and say hi and we were talking and reminiscing about what she was doing in her business and the fact that actually things have moved on she's now doing something else and she was saying about how many people was telling her like you know don't do this it's such a bad idea and she was telling me about some products that she was doing that are very eco-friendly and she wanted to go down this eco-friendly path she felt it was important partly as a way of differentiating herself from other people in the market And also because it was very important to her own values. It's what she wanted her company to stand for. A lot of people are saying, don't do it. Don't go the eco-friendly route. Instead, you want to offshore all your production, get the cheapest products in, forget about eco-friendly products, 
you'll make more money. And your business will go nowhere by going eco-friendly. Such a shame. Now, without understanding more about her business, probably wrong for me to make a judgment right now. It seems to be a poor attitude, but also get the benefits of keeping production costs low. So she was saying everybody was advising her not to do it. And the question I asked her and I would ask you is that, are you taking advice from the people who are qualified to give you advice? I don't want to take advice from naysayers and pessimists. The only person I want to listen to to give me advice in my business or in my life is somebody who's tried something, had success with it, and has a perspective based on that. It may be that somebody's tried something, had a degree of success with it, but found out there's a more profitable way, a more effective way to achieve something. In that case, they're still qualified. So I'm not just looking for people who are going to say yes to me, but what I am doing is looking for people who have experience and subject matter expertise in what I'm taking advice on. So think about the people that you surround yourself with. Are they giving you duff advice for whatever reasons, however well-meaning it's meant to be? Get accountability as well. Check out episode 26 of the Get Real About Business podcast. What I did on that episode, we're talking about making 2018 a breakthrough year. and We talked about the four levels of accountability. Talked about some of the things that you should be looking for in a boss, coach or mentor. And if you're running a business, realistically, you're not going to be looking for a boss, are you? Level two was group accountability. One of the solutions to getting group accountability is to join a mastermind. I regularly run masterminds. I honestly think they are brilliant, partly because there is so much there that you can learn from participating in a mastermind. You can get all sorts of ideas and creativity from your mastermind members, and you can get a damn good education. But one of the pieces of feedback that I often get, and there's a little bit at the end of my masterminds where I often ask people what their best bits were. You know, what's your best piece for advice? What's your best takeaway? That kind of thing. Time and again, people say, the biggest thing for them is to find people who know what it's like, who knows how isolating and lonely and difficult it can be, and who can be there for you and really get what you're going through. But at the same time, they're also urging you forward. So they're egging you on. And you need that to get involved in a mastermind. That's all I'm going to speak of on Support Networks. Do go and check out episode 26. Lots more for you to learn there. The final thing that I want to mention around dealing with burnout is outsourcing. I am one of the first people to tell you that it is possible to work less and make a bigger impact. You design your life. You choose what happens. Most people make no conscious effort to do that. Instead, what they do is constantly react to everything that's going in. And they try to manage everything themselves and do everything themselves. What you can do is buy more time. And you do that with virtual support. By expanding your virtual team, and I honestly think that a virtual assistant is one of the first hires that you should be thinking about. By getting a little bit of support there, what you will do is free yourself up time so that you can focus on things that will have a bigger impact on your bottom line and on your clients and your ability to grow your business. What's good as well is that when you build a team, you not only buy time, but you buy freedom. Watch out for a couple of things here, though. One is that I see a lot of people struggling to let go because it's your business, it's your baby, and you care deeply about the people that you work with and what you do. You don't want to let people down. 
And you may be somebody who has said before, it's quicker for me to do something myself than to explain it to somebody else. But if you never explain it to somebody else, nobody else will be in a position to be able to do something for you. And you'll be doing it forever. There is only so much time that you've got. So to be able to do more and make a bigger impact, you have to move to things that are higher value tasks. And that means letting go of those things that aren't. That involves risk. We've got a risk that people are going to get it wrong. But if we're willing to take the risks, there is learning there. And once they've got that, then that is a task, a piece of time that is freed up where you can go and make a bigger impact. Watch also that when you do build a team, that the time that you are buying is time that you reinvest on things that will make an impact on your bottom line. I know that it would be very easy for me to spend a lot of time with the people that I manage. If I'm not careful, I can make a whole industry around managing my team. That is not good. I've got to gain time and use time effectively to be able to profit from it. So don't make an industry out of managing other people. And for that reason, that's why I suggest that outsourcing is better when you are a small business than it does to actually employ people. And the other big danger as well is that when people get freed up, instead of using that time, what they'll do is just waste the time and it'll go on to all kinds of nonsense. Remember, it's all about intentionality and impact. So those are my thoughts for you today. Dealing with burnout can be tough and I hope you're not in that situation right now. Watch out for the early warning signs and you're better to do something about it while you're in a good, healthy state and to build the things in your business that are going to help you maintain a healthy state and a productive state than you are to start reacting. Focus on your own productivity. Become a master of productivity. Build discipline and focus and you'll do fine. In the next episode of the Get Real About Business podcast, we're going to be talking to my friend John Wallace all about pricing strategy. In the meantime, if you've got thoughts, I want to hear them. I have a free Facebook group called Earning the Right. Come and join us. The link is on the show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 33. Come and tell us what you thought of the episode, if you've ever experienced some of the things that we talked about today, and perhaps if you've got some advice for other people going through that, I would love to hear. And a little reminder that one of the things that is very important for us to do in order to maintain a healthy business and healthy life is to focus on the right things. So do mention the hashtag free to focus. So that's hashtag free to focus. I wish you the utmost success in your business. Focus on yourself. Put yourself first for a change. I just want to finish you up thanking you for staying to the end of this. I hope it's been valuable for you. I want to continue to serve and make a difference in your lives and in your business. Until next time, here's to you and your highly successful business.